Hello, everyone. Um, this is Vic Mazmanian, and this is my podcast. I've never done a podcast before, um, so please pardon any uh, amateur things that you may hear <laughs> or go on during this podcast, but I'm going to try. Uh, my podcast um, is about many things, but, you know, I wanted to start out with saying it's <clears throat> mainly about change and change in your life. And uh, which none of us have control over. But I, uh, for my change, and it's about my journey in my life and uh, my experiences with the Alzheimer's dementia world, uh, going through that journey with my mother who had Alzheimer's. Um, and so it's just going through that journey and going through that process and what it uh, entailed for me and how I made through the process with God's help. So that's kind of my crux I want to say of the of the conversation but I have, I have many different stories I'm a storyteller so there's many different stories to talk about uh, regarding the journey and change and just uh, being a human being in general so I hope that you uh, get some uh, encouragement I hope you get some uh, tips and helps out of what I'm talking about and I hope I'm able to um, help your journey be a little bit easier through life as you go through the things you go through. <laughs> I'm going to start off by talking about my story. Um, there's, I, I kept thinking about which where I was going to start with this story because um, there's many time, parts and, and places I could start in my life, the story. But... I'm going to start off with the uh, when illness strikes and when you start dealing with a change like Alzheimer's. Um, at the end, uh, and towards the end of my um, podcast, this first episode, and towards the end of every podcast, I'm going to take some time to give a caregiving tip regarding Alzheimer's. So I think it's helpful to give a tip uh, so you know, maybe you'll learn something you haven't learned before about how to interact with someone with the disease. So I'll try to do that towards the end of the tip, and, and hopefully it'll help you. But I'm going to start off by saying that um, uh, for myself, I'm probably like majority of people out there going through this journey with someone with this disease, um, is that you don't have a lot of background, and most people don't anyways, have a lot of background in the healthcare industry or in the, in the caregiving process usually when you start getting involved with there's a problem with your loved one for me uh, my mother and father uh, lived up the street from me and uh, less than a mile from my house and uh, my mother took care of my father uh, she was the caregiver for him and she was a caregiver all her life for almost everybody in her family. She was the natural caregiver. Uh, she didn't have any training or formal medical training, but she's one of these people who just picked up medical knowledge real easily and common sense things. It just helped uh, a lot of people turn to her for help. And so she did a lot of the caregiving as I was growing up observing in the family. And she was taking care of my father who had heart disease, uh, diabetes, uh, and uh, leukemia. So he had a lot of issues going on, and he was going through chemotherapy towards the end for his leukemia. And so she was his caregiver. 
And we uh, found and, and discovered there was a problem with my mother because we found out that both of them were getting sick, my father and mother, and we didn't understand why. And we found out that she was mixing up the pills in the pill boxes between the two of them. And those, because she was mixing those up, as you can imagine, both of them were getting ill. So when we discovered that was going on, um, it was shocking to everybody. And she didn't have any idea she was even doing that. And she couldn't even fathom why she would even be doing that. So we started down this road that there was something wrong with mom. And we didn't know what it was. And it had to do with her memory. Um, when I say we, that's my family. I have a wife of 43 years and uh, my children, two boys, and uh, my sister, and it's my sister and I, there's just two of us, my older sister. And so that was the thing that we all discovered. And because of that discovery and her not knowing what's going, what to do, we needed to step in and try to help my father uh, with his medical issues. He needed to, to take care of him. And uh, my, I was working in the mortgage industry at the time. So I was, uh, this is going back in 2005, I think 2006. Um, so I was doing that, but at the same time, I was trying to help figure out what's going on with mom and why she was this way. And we knew we couldn't trust her to do the medications anymore for my father. And my father needed daily help with doctor's appointments and chemotherapy treatments and everything else. So it was hard trying to um, figure out how we we're going to take care of dad and plus figure out how to do, what to do with mom. So my, uh, my uh, sister uh, volunteered to stay, move into the house with my dad and mom and with her husband uh, and my brother-in-law. And uh, so they moved in. And they started helping taking care of my dad and some of the doctor's appointments. So I was working and I was trying to stay involved at the same time of uh, trying to figure things out for my mother. And during that time period, you know, it took us about two years to really recognize there was something wrong that the doctor, the neurologist, we had taken her to a neurologist for two years to see what was wrong with her. And uh, it took the neurologist about two years to identify that it was Alzheimer's because the disease is typical, it's subjective, a lot with doctors to analyze and recognize what's going on with your loved one. And during that time period, she needed to understand uh, how my mom's disease uh, uh, tract was changing. And when she was able to identify it, she said, you know, it had to degrade enough, the disease needed to degrade enough where she could pinpoint that it was Alzheimer's. Uh, there's so many stories regarding this. Um, uh, it, it's amazing when you're with someone with, that's so intelligent, my mother, and so sharp, and very on top of things, to see things changing and nobody knows why. Uh, I'll give you an example. When we were in the uh, neurologist's office, uh, you know, they give you these uh, many mental exams, MMEs, these tests and they are designed to give them some indication that something's going on and possibly with dementia. And, you know, you, some of you may have heard of this already that some of these tests are uh, questions where they ask them questions and they respond with answers. And, you know, for the layman's and most people just barely getting into this, they think that, oh, when they ask, answer those questions, they're looking for the 
right answers and whether they can say who's the president of the United States or what year it is, what day it is, those type of things. But so there's like, I think it was 10 questions or more. They were asking these questions to my mother and I was laughing because I would be in the room with her and my sister as well. The two of us would be sitting there and they'd ask her these questions and my mother would answer them. And I'd answer myself in my head too. You know, you do when you're sitting, when you're sitting there, I was answering the questions in my head and my mom answered all the questions right. I missed over 50% of the questions. And so I, I was thinking to myself, who's got the problem, her or us? You know, it's just crazy. And I looked over at my sister. I said, you know, I missed half these questions. And she laughed. She said, so did I. But mom got them all right. So, you know, we looked at it and say, well, we're judging her, saying something's wrong with her. But we didn't do well in that verbal test. But when I talked to the doctor about it, and said, you know, what's going on? You know, she's answering all the questions correctly. And, and I laughed and said, you know, we aren't. And she said, well, you know, Vic, uh, what's happening is I'm not looking for the correct response to the question. I'm not looking to see if the president of the United States or whatever you're saying is exactly right. But I'm looking, I'm recording the answers you're saying. And then I go back and ask your mother those questions a, a few minutes later. And I look at her to see how much time it takes her to recall that answer again. So she's t it's the timing she's looking at, the time it takes her to respond with the answer. So that made sense. And, and once that was explained to us, you know, but it's just like so many things you think are just a certain way when, when regarding, regarding this disease, and it's not. So when they uh, discovered that, uh, she discovered that there was a problem with Alzheimer's, my mother was aware enough back in those days to understand this was happening to her, you know, but she didn't know what to do about it. And back then, there was not a lot of information out regarding the disease, you know, especially for families or anything to figure out what, what's going on. There wasn't a lot of information to help us. Um, so we were frustrated trying to go for the limited amount of information we could find out how to, how to help her, you know, maintain or even get better, we thought at the time. But that wasn't always the um, simple answer. We uh, did some of the things that we read about back in 2000, early 2000s, that said what to do with uh, people with dementia or Alzheimer's, which is not correct at all, but we didn't know back then. We just thought, okay, these are quote-unquote experts saying this is what you do or don't do, and we would follow them. And even though they, they felt wrong, they felt odd to do to me. Um, and we and probably did more harm to her back then because we didn't know any better, but you know, you do what you think with when information you're able to find and present. But it's uh, very interesting to see how things start uh, falling apart pretty quickly. And when uh, it seems like when you're going into health issues and you're going downhill and it starts falling apart pretty quickly. I mean, like the example is that. My dad's health was getting worse. You know, it was degrading. It was uh, needing, he was needing more chemotherapy. He was having diabetic um, issues that were going on. He was having heart issues. Everything was going on. And trying to maintain his uh, health was very hard. And uh, so do, myself working and, and stopping by and trying to help when I could in between after work or in between for work was very difficult. Um, then you add to this whole mix that uh, my brother-in-law was who was living in the house 
uh, came down suddenly. Uh, was we thought there was a big flu going around. He thought he was sick with the flu, and he took was taking some medication. But he just passed out on the side of the road one day, and they rushed him to the ER. And I was my sister called me, told me what happened, and I rushed to the ER. And I thought he had a heart attack because how sudden it was, you know. And we got to the to the hospital, and the ER doctor comes in and tells us that you know he has leukemia as well, and his was the faster growing kind of leukemia. And the doctor told my sister and my brother-in-law that if he, in his opinion, if he didn't go into massive chemotherapy that night and start treatments immediately, he wouldn't live more than 30 days. So that started a whole crazy, another layer and journey on top of everyone for caregiving. And my brother-in-law was, went into chemotherapy to try to save his life uh, and battled the leukemia. And my sister looked at me and said, I can't take care of dad and mom and take care of my husband. I can't do all that. I, I, I need to take care of my husband. And I agreed. I said, you're right. So I needed to step in at that point and take uh, full care of my dad and mom on their health issues and try to help them and then try to help my sister when I could. So that added a whole other layer of caregiving onto what I was doing. So I nicknamed the house to called the hospital. I call it the hospital because there was two people in the house going through chemotherapy. Both of them were in different, uh, with recliners. I always remember recliners and blankets across their uh, legs sitting there going through chemotherapy. And my mom walking around with Alzheimer's, looking around saying, who are these people? She didn't recognize anybody at that point. Not everybody, but anybody, but she didn't recognize the people in the house. And she was going, who are these people? And so it was really a chaotic, um, maddening uh, scenes going on in, in the house. And my sister was trying to take care of her husband. I was trying to take care of mom and dad. And it was just hard. It was very hard to say the least. We were, um, I always say we were at the hospital uh, every weekend or, you know, at the ER for somebody all the time, every week. We had the EMTs up at the house once a week for someone again that needed help in some way. So that was what our life was like then. It was just constant hospital visits, ER visits, and EMTs coming up to the house. And um, it was just a I couldn't even believe it. And I was saying to God at the time, you know, this is something I can't, I can't uh, get sick. I can't, something happened to me because my, uh, so many people were dependent upon me to take care of them. They couldn't take care of themselves. And stress, uh, stressful environments would trigger my own health issues, which I was afraid would take me down. And if I went down, it would be ridiculous. Uh, so, God was very faithful. I never got sick during that time period. I never had a sniffle, nothing. I didn't get it. I was totally healthy through all this process. Uh, he kept me uh, protected and kept me going to try to see how I could to care for everyone. So at this point, I'm going to stop and I'm going to uh, go on uh, and bring up a transition uh, in the broadcast. So the sound of the cow will be the transition. And so this will be a caregiving tip now. The caregiving tip is when you have someone with dementia and you're trying to help them, 
you have to understand their whole world is changing around them quickly and dramatically. And because of those changes, there's they're filled with uncertainty. They don't know what's going on. They're, they be, all of a sudden, they became unstable in their minds as far as the world around them. So they're looking for security. Where, what can they hang on to? What's the security they can hang on to? And that security is that the person that's closest to them and the person that's caring for them, that's their gauge. They're looking at that person to see, is life normal? Is this what goes on or if this is not what goes on? So that's their gauge. And I have to say that uh, when I was with my mother, I give you an example. I learned this when she was living in my home. She lived in my home for four years when I was trying to care for her. But uh, the example is that I learned this when I was coming downstairs one day. She had a bedroom bathroom downstairs in my home. And I was coming downstairs and I... Um, lost my car keys and I was trying to find my car keys and you know you don't think about uh, if you put a mirror up to your face what you look like when you're stressed or whatever's going on so when I was looking around downstairs trying to search my car keys I'm sure I my face I was looking like I was I had a grimace on my face and, I'm, and I was you know uh, not smiling and I didn't appear happy and my mother who was sitting there was freaking out getting all upset like something major was going on and I couldn't figure out why she was so upset. I couldn't figure out what was happening that she was so stressed out about all this. And then I realized it was me. As soon as I changed my expression on my face to smiling and happy, she calmed down immediately and started smiling and was happy. And I would talk to her in a, in a soothing tone and a, in a happy tone to her. She would be happy responding back to me. So her mood really changed around the way I was and what I was like that morning. So I realized that it is she is cueing off of my face and the way I am. So from then on out, every day time I went downstairs in the morning to see her, I would get up, I would go to the stairs, and at the top of the stairs, I would tell myself, showtime, and I would act like I'm coming on a stage for a play or something and I had to put my face on and I was happy when I went downstairs I was happy and smiling no matter what was going on in my life no matter what terrible thing and whatever was going on in my life it didn't matter I mean I came downstairs I was happy and so when I was around my mother I was happy at least as far as she was concerned and so she was if she responded in like and she was happy so it's always important to remember they do cue off you they do know um, and sense when something's wrong and then it, they'll, they'll become very agitated and you'll see them become very nervous. But when you're happy and, and soothing with them and talking in a nice voice and touching them in a loving way, they're very calm and they're, they're much more uh, in, in a better mood. So that's the caregiving tip for this episode. I wanted to say that uh, also uh, you can email me if you have any questions or if you have a question you'd like me to respond uh, to address on, an, on a future podcast, you can email me the question at vicmaz the number one at gmail.com. Again, that's vicmaz the number one at gmail.com. That's my email address. You can email me any questions or anything that you'd like me to address. And uh, you can go to my website if you also want to check that out at mindheartsoulconsulting.com. And I think there's a way also, 
uh, on this broadcast to leave me a voice recording too. So that's a possibility as well. So I, uh, that's the end of my um, call or my um, podcast today. But I just want to thank you all. And I want to leave you with a scripture that I think is very good uh, to leave you with. And that's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And that is, I think, the way most of my life has been and continues to be. And I think all of us should uh, probably keep that in mind. When God's involved, we uh, have to just keep walking forward by faith. So thank you all.